0: mom i got the job in manhattan do you have a warm enough winter coat what about your car i'm selling it with kelly blue book instant cash offer how i enter my license plate number miles condition upload photos and boom an official cash offer from a local dealership a cash offer instantly oh did you call Aunt stella she's right there in massachusetts mom i literally just got the job
1: not everything is as simple as selling your car with kelly blue book instant cash offer price it fix it trade it
2: sell it at kbb.com it are back for an all new keep it real once again i'm joined by kendra james because we have got so much to talk about this week
3: (laughs) i'm so excited we're we're in a transitional season with housewives
2: we are okay first of all i feel like this is one a bravo renaissance because the shows are good again for the most part (laughs) you know oc Mm -hmm. was good again um We have, you know, Rony and, you know, we'll talk about that in a second, but we have Salt Lake City is amazing this season. I'm obsessed yeah. with it.
3: I love what we spoke about in our last conversation, which is that the shows, like, they were so dark and now it's just like light and easy to watch. And that's been really part of the joy of it.
2: Yeah. They've been light. They've been fun. I feel like the trailer for Potomac looks fun as well. Uh I know that fight happened that this season, but off-camera, right? Off-camera, and it seems like it was at almost the wrap party for the season. So I feel like they'll tease it, but it also involved Friends Of. So I don't even think it's going to be a major part of the season. They'll talk about it at the reunion, probably. No, we can't have Muppets
3: fighting on camera. They might
2: get to (laughs) see by Jim Henson. And then Beverly Hills looks... Interesting. I'm cautious. I feel like Beverly Hills is the franchise that scams us the most with trailers.
3: hmm I would agree. Because um, it, it's all going to hinge for me this season on how much of the Morgan stuff we're actually going to get on camera. Because right. it, it's, it's that, and then I am also looking forward to finally this sort of what seems final formation of the Garcelle-Sutton-Crystal group which is what I've been Mm. waiting for for like
2: two seasons now. Right. I'm just hoping Crystal brings something this season, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. She's just sort of there.
2: (laughs) And Kyle seems to hate her. So she is rich. Because
3: she's got money. Because she's got money and a marriage that isn't falling apart.
2: (laughs) Right. So I think that that's also the tea. And um, what else is coming back? we got Married
3: to Medicine, which i Okay, yes, Married to Medicine, the
2: best show on Bravo. The best yes. show on Bravo. Um, um, it looks great.
3: And Miami as well.
2: Oh, yes. And Miami, the, I mean, oh. also, well, it was the best show on Peacock, and now it's coming to Bravo. <laughs> I'm glad that it still looks lush, that they still mm-hmm. seem to have the same production company. Like, I hope it also still has the same editing style like I would like how they did flashbacks and how they you know had things pop up on the screen um, graphics and stuff so I hope that we still get that vibe and the show feels a little different than the other shows on Bravo you know
3: yeah and I know that like it's a little bit of an unpopular opinion we talked a little bit about it with Heather DeGro last time but I'm genuinely happy to have some shows with some real wealth back on them yes. because that yes. is part of the appeal Miami like the first time we saw, I believe it's uh, Alex- uh, Alexia's apartment, where yes. she lives in the, I think it's the Porsche building, where the car elevator goes
2: up to her apartment. That's yes. what I want. That's, that's, what, my, that's what we want to see, Monica <laughs> from yes, Salt you. Lake City. That's what we want to see. I want to <laughs> see wealth.
3: <laughs> well, here's the thing with Monica. Here's the thing with Monica. What I will say is, at least she's not faking humble. Because that's disgusting.
2: That's true. That's fair. Yes.
3: When she got into the car with that messy bun and like four children screaming at her, and she's trying to eat a piece of bacon and drive with her other hand, that
2: felt yes. real. <laughs> <laughs> and there's listen, this I do always appreciate a um, struggling housewife on the yes. show because I Gina will say that is it worth adds something. right, Gina. You know, Robin on Potomac. It always yeah. adds a little bit of like death to the show you know like everyone's rich and then you have the person who's like trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know exactly so. and
3: that's relatable in a way i mean who hasn't bought a louis vuitton bag on a whim <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay so this week i interviewed Sai to silva and the show has we're gearing up for the reunion on sunday the finale has happened now that we have seen the show and i feel like there have been three acts of the new roni there was it started out where there was still all this lizzie stuff and everyone's getting to know each other there was the second act where people were really enjoying the show it was entertaining it felt like a breath of fresh air and then the third act really had just been bogged down by Si and aaron and the jessel shit and yeah and i just like I barely even – it took me forever to even watch the last three episodes. I haven't even done rankings. I was doing rankings weekly on my newsletter, and then I just stopped yeah. doing it because I was like, I don't even want to watch it on Sunday night. And I like I, – it took me forever to even watch it on Peacock because I was just tired of seeing Sai, who I'm interviewing in a bit. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's – it's, she's just been so – and the internet is – I have not seen – the fandom of housewives collectively uh agree on something like this in forever.
3: I so my thing with Sai uh, has so many problems. The thing that I have focused on the most in the last three episodes is her fixation. And this to me, this to me says she does not have money. Her mm. fixation on the miles thing. I don't know if you yes. have miles. Do you have miles guys do. in your life? You know how straight men.
2: <laughs> yes, baby. I have Delta and I was Delta Diamond for the past two years. And then obviously with um, the strike oh, and my bills being affected, um, I like I've lost my status. I'm, I'm like teetering around like gold or like something now. And I'm like, if I even want to, there's been years like previous years where I've wanted to, you know, get over to Diamond, right? I feel like in 2021, I went to Miami, for um, for Basel, and then I went again for New Year's just because that those amount of miles bumped me over to what I needed, you know? And if you are a person who uses miles, like, you will go on a trip to get those miles because it is worth it having it next year when you're working. and You need to be in a lounge, or you need, like, free upgrades. You know, I love my miles. Diamond gets me from, I can book the main cabin on Delta, and then it will automatically push me up to Comfort Plus, which is great because then I can use one of the regional upgrades that I have to go to Delta One. And that is what I did when I flew to Columbia.
3: This is the kind of (laughs) conversation that you have. And this is like why I was like, have you never been in a conversation like this? I mean, I understand that your eyes might start to glaze over hearing someone talk about it, but to go to jump from that to essentially accusing a man of going to another country for sex tourism. Which is also racist. Yeah, also racist and disgusting on so many different levels. I'm I'm lucky enough to be married to a man who watches all of these shows with me. And he looked at me me during that scene and he was like, I want you to know that if someone was talking about you and I like this on a show, I would punch them in the face. And I was like, yeah, you would be, just have someone accusing my spouse of that is vile. And you've only been on the show for one season.
2: Right. You also don't know them well enough to make that joke, you know? Yeah. You know, like, Giselle would make that joke, jokingly about Wild Dixon, you know? But she's friends with Robin and has known her for years. She'd make this joke about uh, Chris, too. Uh, (laughs) Because she hates Candace. Right. And also... What's interesting is, you know, when I interviewed Jessel too and was getting to know her and like getting, we've gotten to know Pavit. It's so interesting too because I feel like these two are maybe the, we know more about Pavit and Jessel than we know about anyone else on the show. Certainly. Um, and um, Brynn, we know quite a bit about her relationships and stuff and about how she grew up. I'll give her that. But I would just say that, like, we know so much about Pop and Jessel as we would learn about any other new housewife joining a show. And so it makes perfect sense that he would do this. Like, he fucking loves food, you know? Yeah. And he's on, like, a food committee in New York. It's like they love going to—they're also—I pointed this out to her. It was like— They are the people who, whenever they visit a restaurant on the show, I write down the name of it so I can go and visit it here.
3: And that's key. That's key. They are culture. Yeah. What is Psy bringing us?
2: (laughs) Nothing.
3: (laughs) Truly nothing. And then, like, also her husband. I was glad her husband did apologize to Uba. But to say that in the first place, again, it was like this sort of jumping in and this assumed familiarity that I just Mm didn't like coming from them.
2: Yeah, so I asked Sai to explain herself a bit in the interview, but I also just want to ask too: like, do you think that, do you think that you know she can morph into a fun villain, or do you think that she is going to course correct after um, the reunion? And I, because I honestly feel she will be brought back. I have, I have, ch- I've talked to Andy. Uh, about <laughs> it when I went to... Wa- I went to Watch What Happens Live have to see line. Z-Way. I went to to see Z-Way and Mary Cosby. I have an indirect line. <laughs> 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 I don't have Andy's number, but I have someone's number who has his number. Uh, I'm friends with his godson. Um, <laughs> but I, I was at... um, Watch What Happens Live for Mary and Z-Way, which was insane and so much fun. But I asked, I was like, girl, what's going on with Cy? At this reunion. And he's like... He likes her. I think he likes all of them, you know? Yeah.
3: So my my feeling there is I, I actually have more faith in Aaron becoming a very reliable and, like, down-the-middle villain. Because I don't think Aaron yeah. has enough self-awareness.
2: Kyle behavior, too. Yeah. You know, she mm-hmm. is the person who is like, well, let's get it started with a fight, yeah. you know? Yeah.
3: And I, I don't think that she has the self-awareness that is necessary to make a course correction, because I think she probably is seeing herself as she is in the right. Sai, mm-hmm. on the other hand, is a person who is already limiting comments on their Instagram page. And yes. I'm, <laughs> so I have the feeling that she's taking a lot of this negative response to heart and that we are going mm-hmm. to see the quote unquote softer side of tears. uh when we <laughs> record for season two. I don't know how long that mask is going to be able to stay up. But no, I think that because
2: a lot of people do yeah. that and then all of a sudden it blows up, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Th- it's really fun. And I think I love... Listen, there's nothing I love more than shifting dynamics on a Housewives or Bravo show. I think that it's reminding me a lot of... Um, I mean, Married to Medicine, right? Remember when... Mm. Um, mariah created the show and she brought on quad and and then quad became the star (laughs) and then by second season they had already had that fight between seasons and mariah was like fuck you to quad like you you stole my role on the show and i think that (laughs) this is it's reminding me of classic roni in that um you know there's that fight where uh Remember Ramona at um, BravoCon arguing with Vicky about how, like, which one's better? So, like, Vicky's like, we were first. And Ramona's like, we were on magazines. We were everywhere. You know, like, (laughs) Rony is is culture. And that reminds me, too, of someone tried to, someone was making this joke about um, the new Gossip Girl reboot. And I was like, Mm. and like the clothes and stuff, they're like, the clothes look better on the reboot. I'm like, okay, but whatever. The clothes that they were wearing in 2007 were 2007. And also, Gossip Girl was culture. Gossip Girl yes. was on the cover of Rolling Stone. Uh, it was everywhere. Like people were constantly talking about Gossip Girl, the way they talk about Mad Men.
3: Yeah, had those of us with four C hair trying to like stick a headband in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that is just to say that Jessel is getting Rolling Stone spreads. Okay, so we, so we are going to go into season three. Right. We're gonna go into season two with um Jussel's at top. And I certainly don't think Jenna is coming back at at least not in a full-time capacity.
3: No, and I'm a little sad about that because I do like her weirdness.
2: I enjoy her, but yeah, she just doesn't want to play ball, you know?
3: Yeah. though so I and what I did really like was the dynamic. Um, we talked a little bit about this in the office. That photo shoot that Jessel had at uh jenna's apartment was such a Mm. new dynamic for housewives because jessel was having the photo shoot she's doing the direction jenna comes in for a moment and you know gives notes because this is what she does professionally and then uba Mm. also comes in and does the same thing and it was great to see both of them in their elements uba as a professional model and jenna as someone who ran a large fashion company and then it was also amazing to see jessel not be a bitch about it because on any other franchise we would have had a confessional being like I don't know why she's trying to take over. Like, what is she doing? This is my
2: show. Here, she's like, please take over. Yes.
3: yes. Yeah. And that, she's a that student. Like
2: a Jessel is soaking up so much, and she wants, she's taking it all in. So yes. she's playing the game very well. And I think, I cannot wait for them to add season two. Hopefully, maybe like a one or two new girls. And yeah. just see like how everyone responds to Jessel being on top. They're going to be coming after her. <laughs>
3: I hope she <laughs> You know what? I think
2: she's ready. I think she can do it. She's ready. She's ready. Yeah. So coming up, I have an interview with the name that's been on everyone's lips. to uh, Silva from Real Housewives of New York. And after that, um, Kendra and I are going to do a brief AMA of your Bravo questions once again. So my guest today is a high, high type of chick. You know her as the mind behind Scout the City and as one of the new members of the Real Housewives of New York's Reboot. She is a trend-setting influencer with hundreds of thousands of followers. And if you saw her pictures from Fashion Week, then you see why. She is a fashionista, and she also co-hosts the podcast Harder Than We Thought. We're happy to have Sai de Silva with us today.
1: Hello. I'm so excited to be here. What a warm welcome, by the way.
2: I was <laughs> like, know, we wow. Like to, we like to be nice to people uh, when we start out, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, when we start out. Okay, got it. Note it. When we start out. Okay. That was a warm up, everyone. Got it. <laughs> I got it.
2: <laughs> All right, Sai, let's get into it. I'm sure you have seen reactions from the new Roni, you know, and everyone now has had several episodes to get to know everyone on the show. How do you feel that people have been responding to you on the show? And what has your response been to the response?
1: Well, I'm not a responder. I'm kind of like a, Mm -hmm. unless it's a a clap back. I do clap back Uh every now and then. It just depends on what, (laughs) like what mood I'm in that day. But I like mm-hmm. to clap back in a way that's kind of humorous. Like, girl, you're mm-hmm. cranky today. I hope everything works out for you today. <laughs> like, I don't try and get all rude and mean. I, For me, though, I think what people don't really understand is that I am very much so a New Yorker. I was raised mm-hmm. here. The way I am is just very honest. And sometimes mm-hmm. honesty does not sit well with others. I mm-hmm. think maybe if I was a little bit more... I guess, smiling when I said the honesty when I called you out, maybe it would come off a little bit better. But I think because Mm -hmm. I'm just so direct, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I have no ill intent. I'm not a malicious person. I just want people to be honest. That's it. I just want people to own it. Just own it, okay? Like, own your shit, guys.
2: True. I would say that, if anything, I would say that maybe you complain the most in an episode is what I see online. But for you, that's just, you're commenting on what the other people are doing.
1: Right. And that's another thing. It's so interesting. In my everyday life, I can't stand a complainer. So to watch (laughs) myself, to watch myself in a way that I'm constantly complaining, I actually was blown away because, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm hungry. I am the hungry girl. I'm always hungry. That is correct. (laughs) I stand by it. That edit is very true. I am very hungry at all times. Like I work out, I don't eat meat. You know, I eat every three hours. And when you're filming, it is a very Mm -hmm. long day. So Mm -hmm. I don't think people see the moving parts of what's going on behind the scenes. There's only how many power bars and dried mangoes can I eat? You know, before it's like, homegirl needs to sit down and have a sandwich because when you're hangry, (laughs) you're hangry. Like (laughs) I can't function when I'm hangry. (laughs)
2: So that's an interesting point. Let's, can you walk us through, you know, so an event, you're recording one or you're doing like a day of taping, right? You know, you, you get to say Aaron's event with, with no damn food. Uh, (laughs) um, What is your day like leading up to then? Because, you know, some people might say, we'll eat right before you come or like, you know, like Uber was like, order a pizza there or something, but like. What is the actual specifics and moving parts of your day taping something like that? And when do you get to eat?
1: Yeah, it, that, it it just it varies and it really depends because, again, at the end of the day, I also have another job that I'm working on mm-hmm. too. Not that it's – I'm not blaming anything. Let's take it back to Erin's house when she served the caviar and everything like that. Okay, yes, but Aaron. That. Like, yeah, let's start there. What Erin did, I thought was lovely. It was great. She gave mm-hmm. us a little bit of a snack. However, our day started at eight o'clock in the morning. We're getting mm-hmm. mic We're waiting for everyone to come. Everyone met me at my house. One girl was extremely late, maybe an hour and a half late. At this time, yes, I ate. Like I got my snacks in the car. I'm snacking. That was on TV. We saw me snacking. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there was a point where we're like, should we stop? Should we get sandwiches? However, because we were behind on time, Production Mm. was like, we can't stop right now. We have to continuously go. So therefore, we've missed lunch. It takes us four hours to get there with traffic. So now we have the morning hours, the four hours that it was in the car. By the time you get to someone's house, you're like, I kind of want more than
2: Pringles. You're snacking, you get there, and then, um, but you're mic'd up. Like, you can't stop for sandwiches at Provisions, you know? Right. It's just
1: if it, the timing is is when you're working, you're working. When you're doing things, you're doing things. And the timing, you know, people don't see the stuff that's not on camera. People don't see how long it took to mic up, to travel, to 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 wait on your other castmates. So I feel like Erin did get caught in the fire with me complaining about the food. And she mm-hmm. really was a really great host. She couldn't help all the other things that went, that happened. It just so happens when I got there, I was like, look, I need more than Pringles. <laughs> A girl needs more than Pringles. I, I'm just really hungry. And as you see, uh, Uba went to provisions. Like she yeah. she was like, look, I'll take it upon myself. I'll go. And I was like, great. Pick me up a salad or something. But unfortunately, it, it closed. It was so.
2: closed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the drama uh, continues. I got to so, give you some type of drama, okay? Like if yeah. I'm going to be the hungry girl, let me be the hungry girl. Here's your drama, okay?
2: <laughs> so is Aaron's food like, good or is it just not good or bad or is it just non-existent because there's there's that event but then you know there's also the event um with her vow renewal too
1: (laughs) i look again erin's amazing i think she's great everything (laughs) she's done is amazing it's just when again uh, it was an anniversary party i understand she's not going to have a buffet there But it's just, Mm -hmm. it was prime time, dinner time for some people. The event was from 7 to 11. I had just came from my daughter's event. I was running around. I have to get mic'd up. It's the same thing. And it's just unfortunate that it happens at her event. So it makes it seem like you never have any food because I am the one. (laughs) I'm the one who's complaining, right? Like I own Mm -hmm. it. Fine. I get it. I own it. I'm always complaining at her events. But um, I just, I'm, I don't eat meat. So there's a lot of things that I cannot eat and it's not her fault. It's, I'm just a hungry chick, you know?
2: <laughs> hmm So uh, let's move on to another complaint. Uh, okay. And this one is Jenna Lyons. Uh, when you came into the show, were you, I guess, surprised by the amount Of sort of promotion that Jenna was doing of products and that's why you brought it up? Or was there a sense also that you were thinking, damn, I wish I had like had some things to promote if that's all the girls are gonna be doing on this show?
1: No, I don't I don't think that Mm -hmm. way. I'm a girls girl, so I I always love to promote my friends at the end of the day. And honey, at the end of the day, I'm also booked and busy, so I'm like by yeah. you no know, shade, by all means, I love for us all to come up. If we could come up together, I think it's great. For mm-hmm. me, and, and I, I'm glad that you brought this up. For me, I felt like because I didn't know Jenna very well when I first started, I mm-hmm. never received a gift from a person every single time I saw them, and it mm-hmm. it it almost made me feel like she was just trying to like buy a friendship, almost. Not that she needs to. But it was mm-hmm. it was in a way like, hey, I'm OK, don't worry, we're fine. Here's a peace offering. And then after that, I realized it kept being promotional gifts. So mm-hmm. it made me feel like, OK, is this brand awareness and you want everyone to see what you've been doing, you know, mm-hmm. for a while? Like is it's on display. So that's from someone who works in this industry. That's how I felt at the moment. But getting mm-hmm. to know Jenna in those three and a half months, I realized, no, she really is genuinely just a gift giver. And the mm-hmm. New Yorker in me is like, well, why are you doing it, girl? What's, your, what, what, like, what's the motivation? I don't trust you. Are you trying to buy my love? Are you trying to buy my affection? What's your deal? And you know what? I just overthanked the shit, like overthought the shit. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. it, I apologize. She really is a very nice person, but I didn't understand it. New Yorkers are always like, what's your deal? Why are you being so nice? Yeah. <laughs> but she's, just, <laughs> she's genuinely just a very nice person. So it was just uh, a misunderstanding.
2: That's interesting to hear, too, because listen, I'm a generous friend and I love giving gifts, but I'm also more of a, I always bring something to someone's house. That's right. my gift, you know uh i don't I don't give a gift every time I see a friend.
1: it's weird, right i and that's why yeah. it's like, uh, every single time mm-hmm. it just felt it felt ingenuine mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. um, but she really is just someone who loves to give gifts and she she likes to take care of people around her, so it's nice
2: mm-hmm. i I'm,
1: I'm being uh, open
2: <laughs> well, so let's talk about your job as an influencer and also you know correlating that to the show um were there moments where you were thinking about products that you might want to integrate into the show or were you sort of cognizant of i want to just bring myself to the show and not sort of use it to sell specific items? Because I feel like we've seen, and maybe there's stuff that we just haven't seen on camera, we've seen, you know, that your job is an influencer, but I don't think we've seen many scenes of, you know, you selling a product or you presenting like a product that you put on your Instagram, you know?
1: Yeah, another great question. I think when people found out that there was going to be a creator influencer on the show, they automatically assumed that I was going to get on there and start selling you stuff with a swipe up link. Like right. yes, this so is that was very the complaint so. for the show. To be that honest, was... <laughs> they thought the whole
2: cast was going to be influencers.
1: <laughs> and it's—I it actually happen to be the one person, not one, but one of the people who did not promote a thing. Like this is mm-hmm. my job, and I do take it very seriously. I do it full time. I've worked very hard for this seat at the table of where I am, and I never want to be like here, here are these products that I'm trying to sell you. I'm not that type of creator. I'm, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, yes, by all means, I definitely team up with brands. uh, But that's stuff that I do digitally. That my persona and who I am on the show, even though it is very much so me, it's completely separated from my actual job. So it's just Mm -hmm. two different things. And I want people to see what I do for a living and take it seriously. I didn't want to come on Roni and just be like, here's all these things here, buy them, buy them. That just that that never crossed my mind, to be honest.
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of a weird catch 22 that you would be caught in with your specific job. Because I feel like for most housewives, you know, if you own a wine business, or you know, if you run a restaurant, or you know, if you're in construction, like Aaron, it's very easy to show your job and you show a 24 seven sort of here's my life and here's my job. But for your job, being an influencer, if you're showing your job, you're also, I guess, selling a product and not just showing your job.
1: That's true. But I also create content. And I think that they Mm -hmm. did capture that quite often. I did Mm -hmm. create content a lot. I mean, I didn't It even showed when I did it with my photographer. Like I do have Mm -hmm. a team that is driven behind this. I'm not doing it all alone. And it's not, creating content is not just sitting around taking a selfie. And I think that's what people Mm -hmm. think it is. Um, There's just so much that goes into it. And it's not all about me just being a product pusher. You know, there's a reason why I have such great clients and why they continuously work for me. I mean, work with me over and over again. But I just I want people to see that it really is a legitimate, a legitimate business, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and to it, it gets a bad rap and it shouldn't.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess walk me through your job as an influencer and how, you know, you feel like you are sort of differentiated too, as, you know, a woman who is not, you know, In her early 20s promoting, you know, I'm running around New York and I'm just taking selfies. Like, this is an actual business that you've made. So, you know, like, how do you feel like you as an influencer is separated from what people generally just think an influencer is?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, let's let's for starters, I have a team. Everyone gets mm-hmm. paid on payroll. I cut checks every two weeks. Everyone is eligible for health insurance. If you need health mm-hmm. insurance, by all means, I'll either pay for the whole thing. Or if you get a high salary on my team, then you have to pay for some of it. Um, mm-hmm. I also will match your 401k like I'm very mm-hmm. much so a business and as i grow whoever is with me will also grow too i mean i've had the same members on my team for quite some time i actually need to hire some new ones since we are growing so that's definitely something that sets me apart from younger influencers um and then at the same time people don't see that we're very much so and i like to say this when i explain my job like an advertising agency um mm-hmm. when i team up with a brand let's just say for example i'm teaming up with whole foods uh, hypothetically right. okay I'm teaming up with Whole Foods, Whole Foods will come to me and say, listen, these are the things that I want you to do. I have deliverables. Deliverables <laughs> will outline everything that they need from me. So that can be reels, Instagram, stories, YouTube videos. Those are deliverables, right? And then what they want to promote. So Whole Foods says, I want to promote 365. Can you give me a concept? I have to come up with the concept. I have to present them with a the concept. I do a mood board. Where I'm going to shoot? Where's the location? When is it due? When is the proof date? Everything that you see that is an ad needs to get approved. I cannot just go ahead and be like, wow, that was great. Let me go ahead and post it. They have to approve every last thing. So I'm working very closely to the brand hand in hand Um, until we execute everything. And then once it's executed, once everything has been posted, I need to follow it up with all of my analytics because they need to see an ROI for their investment, right? So what was the return on their investment? What were the analytics? How many people saw it? How many people, what was the brand awareness? Like, what was the point of it? Some people want sales. Some people want brand awareness. What exactly did the brand get or benefit from working with me? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a a little bit of what we do.
2: (laughs) How would you say that you even got into this as a career, and what would you say that maybe people who want to follow this career path are getting wrong in their attempt to become an influencer or even start, you know, influencing online?
1: A first thing that you would probably be getting wrong is comparing yourself. Let's stop that, everyone. Let's Mm -hmm. stop comparing ourselves because I think when you find your unique and authentic voice, you can go so much further. There's only one you. So why be someone else? It just does not work. And I've learned that the hard way. I've, you know, when I started, it was 10 years ago when everyone had a blog. You know, people mm-hmm. were reading blogs back then. We were re- taking all of our own photos and doing these like amazing blog posts and coding <laughs> them. And, you know, we had like the B-roll on the side, the blogger roll on the side of all your favorite friends. You know, it's like almost like MySpace, <laughs> like right <laughs> MySpace type. But it was. It was, you know, it was an outlet and it was fun. And it was something that I did every single day because I enjoyed it. It was a passion. If you're going to do this job, you need to be passionate about it. You need to realize like, hey, there could be one entire year, maybe even two years that you'll make zero dollars and zero cents. So you need to be willing to show up for yourself and show up for the fact that you love to do it because the minute that you get on here and you're like, no, I'm going to make a million dollars if I start posting every day. It's not going to work. It's going to it's gonna fail. You need to be passionate about this. You know, this job is very much so 24-7. It's, it's very much so your life and they're infused. You go on vacation, guess what? All your followers are going on vacation too. Yay, we're going on vacation. Obviously, you don't have to post every last thing because it's curated. It's curated to what you want your audience to see at the end of the day, but you need to very much so treat it as if it's a job. So if you have your hours, baby, clock in shoot your content ahead of time, put it inside your phone so you can you can post it later. If you want to mm-hmm. look raggedy in bed right now, but you want everybody to see you looking flawless from earlier this morning, shoot it earlier this morning. Post it when you look raggedy <laughs> at night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a business.
2: What would you say to the responses that this Season of New York, and you know you're all getting to know each other. Um, The response is that it feels like there's a bit of trauma bonding every week with someone sort of telling a new sad story about their life and almost seeming like they're trying to one-up one another. Uh, And that was definitely your complaint in this previous episode with Jessel.
1: I think people need to give us a break for a second. We Mm -hmm. are first time out. I understand that this is season 14, but this is season one for us. Mm -hmm. No one knows us. We are trauma-filled. We are broken. We are human (laughs) beings. And we're all just want people to get to know us. So it's either one, yes, I'm screaming at Jessel for like not telling her story because she's not, you know, or screaming at Jenna for not opening up. But at the same time, it's like, We don't know anything. We know nothing. We're all getting to know one another. We're getting to know one another. The audience is getting to know us. So yes, we're opening up and we have traumatic stories. It's just all part of getting to know us. I mean, if it was a season two or season three and we're still with the same violins, then yes, maybe check us. Like, you know, (laughs) let us know you're tired of the sad drama. But I think season one, it's just give us a break. Just get to know us a little bit more.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Were you uh, surprised when you arrived at the reunion and you found out the seating arrangement?
1: Nah, it's six mm. seats. I got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, you know, I'm grateful to be there. I'm happy to be there.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: wasn't. I wasn't uh, surprised. I. You know what? I. I do watch the franchise, but I was mm-hmm. never someone who went overboard about the seats. Like, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? I've always looked at it in a way that it was just like it's you you still are on the show. Like isn't that mm-hmm. an honor enough?
2: Yeah. do you feel like the the ladies sort of turned things up a bit at the reunion, um wanting to sort of um propel the show into a second season?
1: I think I think the reunion was a very it's not going to be something where we're ripping each other's heads off at all. Mm-hmm. I think it was a place for us to just really talk and get things out and open and everyone kind of share exactly what they were feeling. Um, I think it did what it was supposed to do. It was a really it was it was I'll be honest, it was tough for me because I'm not a very vulnerable person. Mm-hmm. Um so it was kind of almost hard to talk through my feelings. You know, at the end of the day, I love my friends, but I'm not going to be overly like fuzzy and warm and, you know, and Mm -hmm. all those things. And I felt like in that moment, all of a sudden I turned into that fuzzy warm girl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. And you've talked about this on the show too, about not being such a vulnerable person, but it also felt like you were a person who was constantly asking the other women to share uh, right. so was that you um sort of trying to counteract the fact that you don't usually feel like being vulnerable in such situ- situations like that
1: no that was just me being nosy like i love to know everybody else's <laughs> business no i want to know your business all day You're like what's like, good <laughs> don't worry about me enough about me what about you tell me about you <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: if you could pick um a former real housewife of New York to join you all next season, who would it be?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's a really tough That's a really tough one. I feel like we're a really solid group right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that we are all so different mm-hmm. but in a good way. Like we're very mm-hmm. dynamic together. I think that there is one particular personality that will that someone will relate to. Like mm-hmm. at, there's six of us. Someone's going to relate to someone in this group. You know? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that together though, we're really good. We're really great and solid together. So I I mm-hmm. at this moment, this very moment, I would have to say no one. I think we're whole.
2: Okay. Um excluding past people from Rony then, you know, you're a New Yorker yourself and what people have really loved about this season too, is that you're getting out of the Upper East Side. You're seeing different parts of the city. As a New Yorker yourself, is there a part of New York that you still would love to see represented on the show? Like not necessarily a person that you know, but just someone from like, damn, someone from this neighborhood or someone with this New York vibe would really be interesting to see on Real Housewives of New York.
1: Oh, my God. What about the boogie down Bronx? What about about somebody from the boogie down? (laughs) You guys think I'm crazy. You think I'm... I'm I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody thinks I'm so brash and and direct. Let's get somebody from the boogie down and see what happens. I don't know. Somebody might shake it up. Shake it up. I think... I don't know. I think the Bronx would be really, really fun. Um, let's see. I think for the most part, we are representing most of most of New York. I think we're pretty we're pretty good. We're pretty well round rounded. Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: funny. That's that
1: a might, good
2: question. Th- I mean that might, there might be a bit more than taking off Aaron sunglasses, you know. I'm
1: telling you, I don't know. We're gonna have some serious drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh, so funny.
2: Uh, was there anyone on the cast who you would say that you were surprised that you came away with um, a good sort of friendship with? That like maybe like once you initially were filming, you were like, I don't have like a read on them, and then once you wrapped and now even post reunion, you're like, actually, this person like I really sort of vibe with.
1: Um, There's a few people I think mm-hmm. that I, I I got into it with. Um, there are some girls that I started out hot and heavy with, and then we ended up getting into it. And then I think mm-hmm. after the reunion, we were all in a really good place. Um, But I think a person that I really speak to every single day who I have to be like, girl, you got to get off my phone. It's probably Uba. Uh, <laughs> Uba. <laughs> I remember one day I was talking to Uba and I was trying to go and get a massage. It was supposed to be my day that I was like, calm, peace, quiet. Mm-hmm. When I tell you I had to walk from 60 something street to 20 something street because I could not get Uber off the phones and I couldn't get on the train. <laughs> and I was just being the friend that listen. And I was like, okay, girl, I'll just keep walking. I'll just keep walking. Um <laughs> Uva's just, you know, she's, she's so full of energy and so full mm-hmm. of love. Um, as long as you don't poke her the wrong way, you guys are going to have a very solid relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you two are the food girls, too, yes, I would say. Yes. You've been presented that on the show. Like, what what kind of food do you like in general? Like, what, what would be your best event that you go to and someone puts out a platter and you're like, okay, damn, they did it for Sarah.
1: Somebody got some rice and beans. Somebody got some (laughs) arroz con gandules and some (laughs) platano. Like, if you have some good Caribbean-type food, I Mm -hmm. am there. I'm like, yes, you got the memo. But it's funny because Uba loves rice and beans, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're always kind of thinking uh, if we should have, like, a rice and beans cook-off. Because, obviously, I make it a little bit different than she does. But I think Mm -hmm. it would be funny if we had, like, a rice and beans cook-off.
2: That'd be fun. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, um. Okay. So, lastly, what are like some of your favorite like spots in New York? Then, I mean, like either just to visit or hang, or like food spots that someone definitely has to try if they're in New York. Because me myself, I just moved back to New York after 12 years in LA for work. Oh my so god! I'm like, Welcome back. I'm like, this is, so much has changed. Uh, so I'm like, what what spots should I definitely be hitting up?
1: Oh my God! there's so, That's the thing about New York is that it moves so mm-hmm. fast and so quickly. So what I would like now is probably not great anymore. But um, there's still there's a lot of amazing restaurants that have opened. Um, have you been to Ra- uh, yet? RAF's yet? R A F S. I haven't. That's a really I great. Someone Italian brought it up to spot. me, but
2: I haven't been.
1: Yeah, there's a few. There's you know what? I could hold on. I got okay. I got a I got a whole list for you. Let me see. I t- – <laughs> I texted my girlfriend the other day because she asked me where she should go. And I'm like, what about these? Okay, so we have Lula, Cucina uh, Alba, Cafe Chelsea, um, Holiday Bar, Phuket. Um, where's the other place that I went to?
2: Not I'm always I, talking about a holiday bar. I'm friends with the owner, Kyle, and also with Heather, who works there, who was on the show. She's friends with Jenna. I truly yes, I ran into yes. Jessel last time blonde, I was there.
1: Blonde hair, right? Yeah. Yes. I, Jessel I was exactly sitting in the next again.
2: booth while I was there. So
1: uh, There you go. I guess you're already, you're already, <laughs> honey, you're already on the street.
2: You already know. You're out and about, okay. you're
1: in them streets.
2: <laughs> okay, where can I get some rice and beans then? Where do I go for the okay. rice and beans?
1: Rice and beans, unfortunately, I think Puerto Rican food. And also, it I don't eat meat. So it's a little tough. Mm. So I just have to fly my aunt in and she cooks for me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but next time that she comes over, uh, I will invite you over. Okay. I'll let you know.
2: I'll let you know. I love that. Importing that and, and be like, you know it. what? Yes, I want exactly. some rice and beans. So. I got
1: to give her a yeah. call. I got to give her a call.
2: Well, thank you so much for being here, Sai.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was yeah. fun.
2: Yeah, you, it was fun. You,
1: I, do, you, do you still think I'm a main girl? Or are you pulling out? Cool <laughs> no, <laughs> you know
2: what? I, I, think, I think that you give it, and I'm excited to see what you give at the reunion. And, you know, I think it's, it'll be nice for everyone to continue to see more of you and everyone else on the show. Because I'm really enjoying it.
1: Thank you. I think just if everybody just gives us a chance, you know, I I get it. It's it's our first season and it's we're not trying to fill any shoes. You know, we came in kind of like everyone was comparing us and we're trying to fill some shoes. But those are big shoes to fill and we're not trying to fill those shoes. We're just Mm -hmm. we're all new cast. Um, And it, it takes some time to get. Used to, I get it. It's mm-hmm. polarizing to go from one thing you've had for thirteen years to all of a sudden, all of a sudden something brand new. And a lot of people don't like change as well. Sometimes when mm-hmm. change comes around, and people freak out, which, which I have yeah. seen. Um, <laughs> but together, I think we are a really great group of women who do support one another. You know, the drama was a little petty, but it was still drama filled. You know, um, mm-hmm. but there's more to come. So stay tuned,
2: for sure. Coming up, a Bravo AMA with Kendra. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh. I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby
3: Shmurda to The Wire— Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths.
2: Black perspectives have had always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us, without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault,
3: please. (laughs) Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time.
2: Okay, now that we've got the side interview out of the way, let's talk about some Bravo questions. Out of the way. <laughs> First question. What are our thoughts on Phaedra joining Married to Medicine?
3: I'm excited. I so I had not watched Married to Medicine until early last year. I was very late, I'm not gonna lie about that. Brilliant. I love how that show manages to balance genuine mess. Uh season one, if you watch that show and you get to the end of season one, you will be greeted with one of the worst fights I've ever seen on Bravo. It really yes. elevates it elevates past Monique dragging candace in a winery. Mm-hmm. Um and so it manages to balance scenes like that, then with scenes of like sort of genuine um healing growth and then also community engagement in a way that no other show has really managed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Phaedra actually has the potential to really help both of those sides. I do believe that she she can be involved in sort of that, like when they're doing COVID vaccines in the neighborhood and all that stuff. And then we also know that she's going to get in with the mess. She's and I'm messy.
2: Just, she's messy.
3: I'm so thrilled to see her back on television. I fully understand why she can never go back to Real Housewives of Atlanta. I get Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Never. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm also glad they didn't try to get her to move to Dubai.
2: Because that just wouldn't have felt real. It would have felt. It would have felt, it would have felt fake. I mean, like whatever she's doing with like her medicine here. Uh, but, <laughs> well, she's you know, a doctor, this, Ira. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, head doctor. Uh, <laughs> I will say that you know it's interesting because uh, Lewis and I just talked to um, Jinx and Ben de La on this week's episode, and we talked about you know reality shows and how. Um, you know, like they don't really like reality shows because it sort of goes into, they like competition shows, but like the other ones where it's like women fighting with each other and it's sort of about taking people down, et cetera. And it is really interesting that Married to Medicine is one of the shows with a collection of women where it is largely not about the takedowns or fights or seeing someone win. It really is about like healing. It is about these women's friendships over the years. The The you are constantly like this season. I'm still waiting for, um, you know, Dr. Jackie to, uh, fix her relationship with Simone. Mm
3: -hmm. And and get it back to where it used
2: to be. You root for these women.
3: And I would say it's not only about the women and their relationships with each other. I think also if people, if you're a fan, if you haven't watched marriage medicine and you're a fan of real housewives of New Jersey, and specifically if you're a fan of the way that New Jersey manages to incorporate the husbands and incorporate the Mm -hmm. families, Then married to medicine is actually a show that you might really glob on too quickly. In a good way, yeah, in a good way. Because I care about the
2: husbands on this show. On Jersey, I'm like, I'm sick of them.
3: (laughs) But (laughs) no, get me on married to medicine. I'm like, more Dr. Eugene. I love. I have such a crush on
2: Eugene. Eugene is so funny.
3: The way he got that IRS letter. So he gets that IRS. (laughs) Tax letter, and he, unlike any other person on Bravo, he sits down at that kitchen table and he says, ma'am, we must downsize. I have <laughs> never heard those
2: words. <laughs> <know> <laughs> my jaw dropped. <laughs> Toya reminds me so much of my mother, who is just very like, she wants to downsize, she wants to help, but she's also just like, ultimately not going to do it. So there's always <laughs> that push and pull between... <laughs> Um. Okay. Did we see this morning the uh, Nini and Cynthia photo on Instagram? They I ran into each see other. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. How do you feel about that?
3: I mean, unless Nini's coming back to the show, how what I know, am I supposed right?
2: to feel? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good. Y'all are also, down in Atlanta. I'm here in Los Angeles. I can't see you.
2: Let's see. Next question. Which housewife tropes do you think work, and which ones don't work anymore?
3: I mean, I know we we've, we've discussed it. I'm I'm over Beagle stuff right now. I'm like really enjoying where we are with that. Um, mm-hmm. I I do. Have you watched last night, Salt Lake City?
2: I have not watched it yet, but I okay. am sort of over the trope that's happening this season. Every season has some sort of gay rumor yes of every yeah, yeah. show always every show has had one i'm really over that trope and it's just it's very exhausting and this would especially mm. feels faker on salt lake city because here's my thing angie uh, <laughs> your husband's been a hairdresser for 30 years and this is something that you've heard before and so i do not buy that this rumor was just Talked about on camera, and all of a sudden you're shocked, and then you're also like so ready to sit down and address it, and you're worried about your kids hearing it. If your husband's been a hairdresser for thirty years, then people make fun about your kid's dad being gay, like like both, they just do, Ma- you know.
3: And both Monica and Heather have said, "Yeah, no, we have heard this for twenty something years. This is yeah not new information." Also, it's like really interesting that it's always like the men are the ones being accused of this, and frankly. It's the women on Bravo who have proven to be more regularly part of like right. on the LGBTQ. Also, spectrum. Angie
2: pushed that last year about Heather and Jen Shaw. Yep.
3: Yeah. So yeah.
2: I, I just, it just <laughs> feels very stale because it feels very much like, okay, well, how do I have a story this year? Well, here's a, thing that people have said about my husband for years and, you know, like, we've dealt with it before and, like, we don't really care about it uh, because he's a hairdresser. People are always going to say that. So let's have this come out and be the tea and be my storyline this season. You know, it feels well, it's very... being
3: Greek was her only new. other option.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Opa!
3: <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but I will say that Angie, this is what I, what I was getting to with tropes. Angie tries to adopt a housewife trope at the top of the episode that after Monique Samuels did it on Potomac should simply Uh never be done again. And I'm upset that Angie thought that she was within like sort of that realm of top tier housewife that she thought she was able to do that.
2: Okay. (laughs) That's all I'll say.
3: And after I saw it, I was
2: done with her. Okay. Um, Question, is Heather Dubrow in the middle of a Catch-22? We want to see her wealth, but it's getting increasingly gross to watch. Is that fair? I disagree. I disagree. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find it gross to watch. When I love she, it. I, when she said the
3: next house will be better, I said, thank you, man. Get cameras in there.
2: <laughs> okay. When I saw yeah. that tacky Roberto Cavalli apartment oh. of hers. <laughs> it looks like it had been decorated by Donald Trump in 1995. He, yes. He, he, okay. He, Gianni oh Versace was murdered there, okay? Yeah. That is, it looked awful.
3: Can you imagine <laughs> wanting to live in the middle of Century City? God, no.
2: <laughs> no, no. And it's definitely just, it was definitely probably more expensive because of the Cavalli design. Yes, All absolutely. this stuff flown over from Italy, I'm like, send it back in the mail.
3: But, like, here's the thing. Like, I love watching, Heather. I actually think that, like, were I on OC, I would be occupying that genus space of, like, the not so wealthy one who of course really well with heather like i like yeah
2: her. she's I a like gr- her. she's a good friend and as long as you're not yeah. being shady towards her she seems to love to share her wealth like you i would be yeah. friends with heather i'd be on that private jet i'd be going I'd on take, trips
3: i'd take that same mother jacket in three colors <laughs> 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 i just yeah and like I also like quite frankly like I understand that everyone thinks her relationship with like her and Terry is a little weird, but I see two people who have really settled into a groove in their marriage and do love each other. Um, Her kids seem to like her; she's supportive of like her children mm-hmm. who are, I believe, like trans and bisexual. Like, and yeah. I, I, I just she's a good person.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I like I'm all fine with Heather, the bro. Yeah.
3: Now, do I want her to move to Beverly Hills and be on Real no. Housewives
2: of Beverly Hills? Absolutely not. I do <laughs> not. I, I wouldn't yeah. like that dynamic on the show anyway. You know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I she
2: guess. could definitely be a friend of. She, I would love her to pop in like for a couple episodes. That Absolutely. that'd be fun to see her build some genuine relationships with those women. I think that now Andy is more comfortable with crossover things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. we don't need to see her living there. I think she honestly fits in OC. Yeah. That's her yeah. vibe.
3: And I would say that if original uh, New York cast was still on the air, I would actually love to see her pop in and interact with a Luann, a Sonia, a Ramona. I think Mm. that would be fun, but I wouldn't need her there permanently.
2: Yes. Um, Who do you think would fit in from the old Roni with the new cast? Well, for season two, if they were to integrate the old and the new.
3: So I'm on record. I actually think that like Tinsley should have been in this cast. Yeah. Um, but clearly, Tinsley, like I think actually it was just enough. She's getting married in a month to a widower yeah. in South Carolina or something. So she seems to be doing fine. She like, mm. I'm ha- I'm actually genuinely be safe, very girl. Happy for her
2: yeah. <laughs> Be safe, girl. Be safe, girl. Don't, don't have no double no, jeopardy happening. I'm happy for her. I'm happy <laughs> for I know, her. but Tinsley is exactly the kind of person who would marry a wife murderer. <laughs>
3: um no but i yeah i i think tinsley would have fit in well there um i think like if we needed to go back like i'm excited to see what Kristen takeman is about to bring on legacy because i wonder if she Mm -hmm. would have slipped in there really well and been more of like not maybe age appropriate because i think she's a little older than some of these ladies but like at least a younger vibe um
2: she'd be she's like younger than jenna
3: yeah 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 and i think Bryn and sonia oh my god
2: yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. You know, I think Brennan Sonia would be fun. I honestly think Sonia as a um <laughs> I think Sonia as a old guard, maybe recurring character on the new Roni, sort of like mm-hmm. Patricia on Southern Charm, would be fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. <period. laughs> It's God, just sort of I'm, like, oh, we're going here to hang out with Soya. I think that would be fun. Or, I honestly, love- if you did an episode where um, they all went to stay at Star, yeah. <laughs> I'm
3: afraid Dorinda would obliterate those women.
2: Oh, yeah, um, she, she'd kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, no, I love Miss Cat on Southern Charm. I don't know if you're watching this season, but I'm, I am. I am, I
2: love this. I love this I'm season enjoying. of Southern Charm. I'm really <laughs> enjoying, oh, You know what I hate the most? I hate that um, I like Craig again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Paige. You like Paige.
2: Yes. I like Paige a bit more now because I mean, I used to be, I think it actually was um, interviewing Paige because Mm -hmm. I um, was firmly hard Team Lindsay. Um, but then I also met a lot of people who know Lindsay, uh, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I could get that she's sort of a monster behind the scenes, but I like Paige, but I like Craig. I, what I appreciate about Craig on Southern Charm this season is one, he is doing that messy work of like getting in people's business and pushing things. He is really pushing the, uh austin and taylor Mm -hmm. fay to shep and like he was getting that ball rolling and i love i love the new guys on the show too like they're fun we've seen enough of them for you to like them well i mean who's okay what's that one voice they brought up there's rodrigo and then there's rod i think there's two rods no there's uh what's the who's the one who Oh, JT. Who JT, likes T- with the okay, influence. okay, yeah, mommy, okay, yes, okay, mommy. yeah. So, yeah, okay, so there's, okay, we haven't seen that much of them, but JT started immediately with the mess uh, by bringing up, well, you know, I was talking to Taylor, she was like, "Well, I'm leaving Austin," and he, honestly, I think he's kind of cute in like a straight Southern guy sort of way, okay. and I feel like. <laughs> I just reveal something dark about myself.
3: I mean, whatever. I'm still attracted to Shep. So, like,
2: I don't know. I, honestly, he I feel like he got gross for a while, but I think that he, he looks did. good this season. hmm I, I think he looks I good agree. this season. And I don't hate Shep anymore. I still don't I still we are a long way from um the era where um relationship was a thing that we needed on TV, but and a you book know.
3: apparently that we needed on the shelves.
2: Yeah. This weird era.
3: Yeah, I will say I don't need to see Charles again. Uh, if mm-hmm. we needed to get rid of Venita and Leva, I hate to say that, but we mm. could. They could go. They could go.
2: Yeah, I mean they're not really giving me anything, you know. Yeah. Um, also, I guess lastly, speaking of relationship, uh, <laughs> a question that we have is: Cancel Bravo shows. Which one would you like to see back on TV?
3: I did candy and the gang get a second season because that might be the one wait. Oh no. We got a surprise renewal in August.
2: Mm, Okay. Okay. Bullets and biscuits.
3: A man um, (laughs) on that show. All I'll say is that a man lives in a loft apartment with like 13 foot high ceilings. And instead of mounting his television to a wall, He hung sort of an Acme cartoon-style chain from his ceiling and hung the television from that. And it just sort of spun around in the air. And I saw that, I screamed, and I said, I'm here for as long as I need to be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I actually am so shocked that we do not have a new version of NYC Prep on TV. Oh,
3: well, that's because... I mean, we don't have enough time for me to get into that. Let me tell you, the schools are not going to allow that to happen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's just, honestly, when you think of shows that were in sort of the zeitgeist and are still sort of out there, even though there was so little content of it, do you know how many people still say, guests of a guest do not bring guests? Yeah. Iconic (laughs) lie. Iconic lie.
3: But like I so Sonia's daughter went to my high school, and we didn't see pictures of her there until her graduation ceremony. Like these schools wow. are not having it.
2: <laughs> That's fair. Maybe a different version of NYC prep where it's um like, and like college something, student. Like yeah, that I, I think be, maybe yeah. maybe rich college, like rich in like a version of Rich Kids of Beverly Hills, was rich college students in New York, and after they've left the prep schools, you know.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. We can certainly go back, but no, no, no. Nightingale Bamford does not want us in there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think, you know, maybe Gallery Girls.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. That's a nice sort of, like, that's actually a nice bridge between Real Girlfriends of Paris and, like, a a New York show on that same level.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well... Thank you again for being here, Kendra. It's fun of as course, always.
3: Thank you, thank uh, you for having me. That
2: yeah, the person <laughs> I love talking about Bravo with. Uh, and that has been Keep It Real. So we will see you next week. Keep It is a Crooked Media production. Our senior producer is Kendra James. Our producer is Chris Lord. And our associate producer is Malcolm Whitfield. Our executive producers are Ira Madison III and Louis Vertel. This episode was recorded and mixed by Evan Sutton. Thank you to our digital team, Megan Patzel and Rachel Gajewski, and to Matt DeGroot and David Toles for production support every week. And as always, keep it as recorded in front of a live studio audience.